Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. And guys, we got episode 12 coming at you. It's titled Striving for Success because we got Southern Miss soccer player Esmeralda Figueroa joining us. And I don't even care about y'all's weekends. We'll talk about football and all of that. I want to get right to the biggest interview on podcasting this week. Help me welcome on to the show, Southern Miss soccer star, Esmeralda Figueroa. Esmeralda, how are you tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on. We are honored to have you on. So I got to ask you, we do a little research before everybody comes on. Check out the IG page and all that. And the first thing I noticed was, did you have a white Mustang GT with the, well, tell everybody, what do you call your car? Oh yeah. The name is Marshmallow. It's also a manual because my, my mom did not want me to get a sports car if it wasn't manual. Of course and not. So she said, if I I could, I had a choice. I could get a Mustang Fastback 5.0 the year that it was, but it had to be manual, but I didn't know how to drive a manual or I could have like a Corolla. And I was like, no, I would learn how to drive the manual. Let me learn how to drive that then. Yeah. All right. So I got a question. That's, that's, that's my speed, the Corolla. Yeah. yeah Corolla's yeah. Much a family sedan. Very sensible. Yeah. What's the fastest you've ever had it? And mom's not listening right now. I would say I probably hit like 102, but that was just in one night in Starkville on a back road. But hey, that's, how, that's really, how we it do it. Like, yeah, it was like it went really fast. You don't even notice you're going that fast unless you look at the, the speedometer. Why, why is it much cooler that she drives a manual and Jim, you drive a manual, but it's really not that cool that you do it. It's way more badass that she does it. I mean, I don't know why, but I'm just glad to hear that it is a manual because otherwise I would maybe cut the show off right then and there. <laughs> I had a Mustang GT myself. It was a 2003 model, though 4.6, you know, and it was a manual as well because it's the only way to go when you have a Mustang. Of course. So uh, the one more thing I noticed and before I turn you over to Daniel, I noticed that the shoe game, the shoe game looked like it was on point. So oh, tell man, me, I'm obsessed. Obsessed. So what's your favorite pair of kicks you got? Uh, probably my Syracuse dunks that I got recently, or I would say my Louis Vuitton shoes that I just got. Louis? They're, they're very nice. I have them in my closet over there. Okay. Well, I, look, I mean, everybody's going to see this video. You want to show us. I mean, you can. It's up to you. Red, red <laughs> Here we go. The unveiling. This we is, going. We're going. This is, the mo- this is the most expensive thing we've ever shown on this podcast. This is first time ever. Yeah, We've this, had a reveal on this podcast like this. I'm, I'm I'm fired up. I can't wait. I hope she like drops them down from the top of the camera, you know. Well, here's my Kinda. Syracuse. Ooh. Ooh. But these are solid. I still have this little man on there. Oh boy. That I man, I bet Mello even wants them shoes. <laughs> and then the LVs, they come in this box that Ooh, I haven't even I mean, I took them out to take a picture and model them, but the the unboxing of these shoes, ladies and gentlemen, for those that are not watching right now, I mean, we got we got tags coming out, we got the paper still there. She is literally sliding it off. That's how you know it's these shoes wrap. are high dollar. Yeah, it's gift wrap. 
They got a personalized fire. note. It's to Esmeralda. That's what I saw. Oh, they're in a bag, guys. Bag. In oh, a bag. A, oh, man. A box? Each one has their own bag? Individual bags. Hey, Randy, my shoe, my shoe game another, just... Another bag. Oh, another oh. bag. These Randy, really nice. I don't feel as good about my shoe game anymore, bro. Damn. I ain't got nothing like that. Oh. So for those that ain't seeing, is that I mean, is that like a is that like a mustard yellow or is that like a caramel? I can't tell. I mean, they like fresh yellow, but they're nice. They, those are real, real nice. I don't even want to know what they cost, so we're just gonna let you box. <laughs> It'll take her ten minutes to put those back in the same wrap they came in. Man, that. But that, yeah, I'm really I love shoes. It, clearly, clearly you do. I I got one question before we get into this. Like, where do you wear those? Like I, I don't I think I, too. I, I, I don't think I could. Like I, I'm I, don't, I don't, yeah. Too, too careless, too careless. You know, somebody will step on your feet, Daniel, as soon as you warm out. Oh, for sure. I got big feet too, so like it's, it's just one of those things, man. It's, it's, it's a problem. People step Unless on. Unless it's feet a soccer turf field, I'll wear them because they'll be clean. I got you. All right, Esmo, let's let's get into this. Obviously, when we, you know, have guests on, we want to tell their stories. So the best way to tell your story is to go to the beginning. So in the beginning, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about your hometown. Um, I'm from Laurel, Mississippi, most like Powers community, Jones County. So I went to Northeast Jones as a little kid. But before that, um, we grew up there. My dad, he's from Michoacan, Mexico. And my mom, she's from Dilly, Texas. So it's a very small town, close to San Antonio. But I have a twin sister that we are very, very close, but she obviously took a different route. We grew up playing soccer because my dad always played it. And I took it serious because I'm a daddy's girl. And I quite literally would wanna do everything that he did. And so when I saw that he was playing soccer, that's when I started and it started when I was like three years old. My sister started after, so when she was four, but we grew up just playing soccer, watching the game, watching my dad. And stuff Who like Who's older and by how long? My sister's older and by five seconds. And she's five. Dang, that doctor was quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Five seconds. So um, obviously growing up with a twin in the house or having a brother or sister, you know, you know, in any household there, there can create, you know, quite the the competition so would you say that you guys fueled each other like as you're growing up or you mentioned that there there wasn't a lot of closeness but you know how how did that di dynamic play out as far as growing up you know was there pressure to be good was there no pressure to be good or was were you trying to be the best how did that work out yeah for sure um, obviously one person is going to challenge you to be better if you want to be better and so she would challenge me and I would challenge her as well. She's very book smart. And so if I would do an assignment, she would get kind of mad in a way because she hasn't done the assignment yet, but she's more of a procrastinator and I try to get stuff done. And when I would see maybe she went to the gym or she's running and I'm not running, but I'm going to do it later. I would kind of get mad or if she went to play soccer, I would kind of get mad, but not really, but it would kind of push me to be like, okay, just go right now you know, instead of later, but I would say we push each other to the best. We don't really compete with each other because we're both different. And if she wanted to 
play soccer or be the fastest runner or be the best soccer player she could have if she had that mentality and if I wanted to be the smartest person with a 4.0 GPA like her out of with a out of um, undergrad I could have done the same thing but it's really not my mentality my mentality was more of the soccer side the more of the athletic more of the working out more of the eating healthy and stuff and her mentality was book smart and it's okay you know everybody's different so I mean obviously you you have quite the resume you 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 are very athletic but was you know as a kid were you playing multiple sports did you see athleticism coming easy to you or was it something where you just tried a bunch of sports and you were like oh man I'm actually pretty good at this um yeah that's a good question I did I did play a lot of sports me and my sister did when we were growing up so actually before soccer we started cheer at powers and I didn't really like it because we would just go out there and cheer for the football team. We really, it wasn't really like a sport, I guess. I don't want to say that because cheerleaders are like, it is a sport, but I don't know. You really don't compete with other people. And like, if you make the cheer squad, you're, you're all going to play. And if you make like a, a baseball team or a football team or a soccer team, you're really not all going to play. They're going to pick a selection. And so that's what I decided, like what a sport is. And so I really didn't like that. And then we went to soccer and I liked that. But when we went to high school, my sister and I, we did track, we did soccer, we did softball, um, we did tennis. And I remember my junior year of high school, I tried to do softball because that was the only sport that I hadn't done in high school. And the softball coach was like, you have to come here during fifth period. And I was like, no, I think it was my senior year. You well, have to come here in fifth well, period. And so, and before so, you get into all that now, hold, hold on, we got to pump okay, the okay. brakes. We're going to get into that. Um you know, I'm just intrigued. You, you have, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're very candid about the relationship with you and your sister. You're both different people. There was a passion, um, you know, for soccer that you found, obviously it was just sports in general. Um, but what athletes, you know, as a kid growing up in Laurel, Mississippi, like what, what, what athletes are you looking up to? Who, 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 who's on your bedroom wall? Um, my jersey's on my bedroom wall right now, but, um, the athlete I really looked up to was like Messi, Lionel Messi. Um, cause he was short and he was ne kind of never under. heard of him. He's lying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good one. Who else? Obviously he's, he's probably one of the most obvious, but who else? Gotta be some yeah. Other. Um, I would say Carly Lloyd. She's a woman, Alex Morgan's out there. But there's this one man that his name is Sinadency Dan. And I don't think y'all know him, but he was really, really good. And he was a soccer player and he was a midfielder. But he was from France and he got a red card because he like he's famous for hitting this guy with his head in the chest because this guy apparently said something about his sister. He's my favorite player. Already. I was just fixing to say Daniel is all for the red card. I, I don't I don't if you don't go out trying to get a yellow card, I don't even want to know you <laughs> like there should be more yellow cards in soccer. And then like I'd have a, I'd have probably a lot more favorite athletes that are soccer players if that were the case. But I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're in tune with the game. You got some, some idols that are just, you know, top notch, best in the best of the best. Um, you know, with that, do you start playing soccer, you know, for a club at an early age? I mean, I noticed that 
you competed in the Disney showcase. You were in the Olympic developmental program. Um, were these things that came from club and was that through the Mississippi rush or was that a different team? Yeah, well, we started, we tried to get in a club like my seventh grade year of high school because I told my mom I really liked soccer and we really weren't into a club. So we tried out for this Laurel one and my sister and I didn't make it. And so there was the Hattiesburg one and I told mom I didn't really want to go there because the people who are good in Mississippi are in Jackson. That's what I told mom because that's what I think. And she was like, okay, we'll go to Jackson. So I actually started at Brandon BFC football club and I started, I went there for two years and then the coach for Mississippi Rush, we would always play them in like a final. And I was always on the Brandon team and he would always talk to me after the game and he would want me to come to his team, but I was loyal to my team. So I would never go. And then like the second year we played him, um, he asked me to come and then I went to Mississippi Rush and I've been with them ever since. But the ODP was just like a side thing. And I really liked it because a lot of people would come like from Minnesota or Michigan and stuff like that. And we would all play together, like Tennessee, Texas. You had all different players. And when I play with different players, I learned different styles and I play like them because you're playing with them. And so that was really fun. Uh, absolutely. You, you, you mentioned some some high school and kind of when things got serious. For those that don't know, what high school did you attend? I went to Northeast Jones. Northeast Jones. So I got I to ask you, so you said something about your, your twin being more into the books, but let me just read a couple of things. I mean, member of the Beta Club, the Spanish Club, the Key Club, FCA, and, and TAR, Student Council also. All that while you played, from what we could tell, soccer, tennis, you mentioned softball, track, and cheer, which we know cheered, that wasn't your thing. So you kind of mentioned that maybe academics wasn't as high as it was for your twin, but definitely got some accomplishments here. Yes, sir. Yeah. How did you manage to do all this stuff and be such a great athlete? I mean, it's hard, but then you have to think again, like my mentality is more of my family. They do so much for me and I'm not really going to go to school and just give up my academics because I was learned like if you don't do your academics, you can't play the sport. And so I'd always want to play the sport. So I'd make sure that I was high on my academics and not just to get through, but I also had my sister there to push me because my sister was A plus. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get an A. And my getting an A, I would get a high B, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, I can relate, except for mine was like high C's. <laughs> but These anyways, are degrees. C's get degrees. That's true. So let me just read off some soccer stuff. And, and I swear, I think some of these are misprints, but we're going to go through it. 155 goals in your high school career with 24 hat tricks, 51 assists, Mississippi Wendy's high school Heisman finalist and served as a team captain as a senior named to the best of the golden boot with a record of 53 goals in your final campaign, which was 13th nationally and led the state of Mississippi. Take that for data. Take that for data. So is it safe to say that you enjoyed high school I did actually my senior year it was probably my best year so it was really fun I'm, I'm really blessed definitely blessed it sounds like you were uh highly blessed and favored but so your favorite season was that you, you said you had a lot of fun I'm assuming it was your senior season of high school or was this maybe some college years I mean senior year um, my out of college probably some college years I have but my senior year was it was peak 
peak. My senior year was pretty peak, too. I don't remember a lot of it, but I bet it was a lot of fun. And 13th nationally in goals, Randy. That's a fun season, bro. That is definitely fun. I wasn't 13th in anything. Maybe, like, truancy or something. <laughs> but so I got to ask you, um, at what point do colleges start approaching you, and when do you start taking it serious? Um, they started approaching me, like, my the end of the 10th grade, early junior year. And so I started taking interest when – we would go to ODP, which was like my 10th grade year. And they would talk about ID camps because I really didn't know what that was. And we had to go to ID camps in order to get seen in Mississippi by these coaches. Although they are in Mississippi, like SEC teams, they're in Mississippi, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, but they're not going to come to Jones County and watch play high school soccer. They're going to go to your select teams or ODP camps, regional camps, national camps. So you have to basically put yourself out there and so that's really when I started looking more into the colleges because you had to go to ID camps. Absolutely. So what made you pick Jones College? Um, I know the, I knew the coach from a while, um, Coach Dolores. So she used to train us when we were younger. And it was more of a fit for me and my family. And also I didn't have many SEC schools picked out out of high school that reached out to me and that was my ultimate goal was to go to SEC that's always been my dream as a little kid I've always told my dad I was going to play SEC soccer and only had one offer and it was a walk-on and I didn't want to like go there because I knew I could I knew I if I went to a junior college and I got better for those two years that I could transfer and still go to an SEC and since I knew coach Dolores and she really you know put her money where her mouth is with her offer I just went there and and it was a really good fit and I'm really blessed I went there and I don't think had I not gone there I wouldn't have been ready for SEC or my college career right now you know this is a great conversation and Daniel will tell you we've had this conversation in regards to my daughter because I like took her to LSU ID camp as a 10th grader and you know she was getting worked by girls who were a year or two older than her from Florida Texas Virginia and she was getting really defeated. And we explained, you know, we weren't bringing you there because we thought you were going to be better than them. We right. wanted you to see what the best looked like. And then what was great about what you said was me and Daniel have had this conversation. And, I, you know, we talked about the possible junior college route. And he says, if she has to develop at the junior college level, go ahead and knock out your two years of prerequisites yeah. with classes. And so, you know, he really opened me up at that thought press process. So to hear you say that's the route you went, it just really sets that in my mind that, you know, if the right school doesn't come calling and she has an opportunity to go the route you did, it sounds like a great way to go. For sure. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of hard for me, too, because as a human, I believe people are like, oh, my gosh, if I if I sign with a JUCO, people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, why is she going there? Or why, why isn't she going to a four year? Like, did she not get off or did she not do this? And you're like thinking about everybody else. But in that moment and those decisions, you have to think about what is good for you. you. You have to forget everybody like what's good for you. And so that was that was really hard. But there's nothing wrong with going JUCO. Like we were really good, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, whether it's been soccer, baseball, football, we've talked to a lot of athletes on the show that have went JUCO all the way up to the pros. So, I mean, whatever route you take. And so for you, you know, freshman season, it all worked out well, you know, um, named all conference. Uh, your team won the region um, 23 championship. You appeared in 17 matches, making 15 starts, scored 16 goals with eight assists for a 40 point season. And you served as team captain. So, let me ask you, you know, you said SEC was the expectations, but obviously you go to Jones, but were you expecting that much success your freshman season? 
Um, I was and not just personally, but as a team as well. Oh, for sure. Jones is known as Wintersville. And so I, for sure, that was, that was also another big thing why I chose Jones because I knew I was going to get a ring. Um, and so when, when I saw the team and we were practicing and training, I knew it was a winning team. And I knew that if I could contribute what my coach wanted me to contribute, contribute, I knew I would have done whatever she wanted. And so that's what I did. I just went out there and I played the game that I know how to play. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, hat tricks are something that became normal for you as, as I've seen, but you know, you had one in the championship game against LSU Unice. Would it be safe to say that that was your favorite game? Uh, I think that was one of my favorite games, but it, the goals were pretty good. Like the first goal, it was when the midfield, our midfielder had passed it and it was in the air and the goalkeeper was going after it and I just chipped it over the goalkeeper. And those were really fun because I'm still running. So I just make a little loop and I come to my teammate because, you know, soccer is really a team sport. And so it wouldn't happen. It's not like I took the ball and I dribbled through everybody. You know, the team helped me and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really give credit a lot to the to the people who set me up for those goals. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I take my daughter to these games, and when you watch it on a college level and you see the way the team works together, the chemistry, the communication, you really get a breakdown of how much it really is a team sport. You definitely can't do it by sure. yourself. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, a question we were talking right off the top of the episode, talking about, you know, your Instagram page and everything, and I've seen that you're huge into fitness. Um, was that kind of training something that you were doing, you know, in high school or at Jones, or was that something that came later? Actually, it was. It was in high school, probably middle school. My dad got this exercise program. It's called P90X, and he started doing it every single morning at 5 a.m. before he would go to work. And obviously, as a little girl, I wanted to do everything my dad was doing. And so I started telling him, hey, can you wake me up? And he wouldn't wake me up, but I would get mad because I would hear him and I would go in the living room and I would work out with him. And so that's basically the program that's built like whatever fitness that I know, the nutrition, the fitness, what I go by. And so like, I feel like I it almost killed me. X almost killed me. Daniel, when you hear this, are you hoping that Bella gets up and works out with you at 430 AM? I, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a very proud moment the other day we were outside and the neighbor's like, you know, Bella, what are you what are you gonna do in the in your garage? She goes, I'm gonna do CrossFit with my dad. There you go. <laughs> he's he he he's the only guy in this podcast that gets up there early and, and works out. We're we're not going going with you. Sorry. <laughs> get it get it in when I can, man. You know, an, another thing, and uh, you know, we talk about the progression, and I see as your pictures as you're as you're developing soccer and going through college. When did the tattoo sleeve start? Oh my, when I, as soon as I turned 18, I got a little small one. My, me and my whole family got the little small one. So me and my dad got this little small one right here. And then my dad and my mom got this small one. I mean, my mom and my sister got this one right here. Yeah, And then I mean, it just went from them. I mean, it goes hard on the soccer field because, you know, like we interview a lot of, like I said, baseball and football guys, we see that, but you don't just see a lot of girls with a badass, you know, sleeve on when they're playing soccer. So <laughs> Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite what's your favorite tattoo you got on this sleeve? oh probably this one it's a lot of everybody's favorite one it's wow. very detailed it's intimidating shout Man. out to the tattoo artist we got we got so many visual graphics on this episode guys we do this video is getting released asap how <laughs> how long does that tattoo take and how many sessions my whole sleeve just the the one the tiger the one uh, that you showed. I mean, I can't really remember on top of my head, but I would probably say like two and a half 
and I think I paid like three, three fifty. But I've been going to the same, the same artist did my entire arm. And so he would give me like family discounts. <laughs> I so. like a soccer star. He's got to give you a discount, right? <laughs> I, would, I would get a tattoo, but I'd like want to be able to try it out and then return it if I didn't like it. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> that's, can't that's, happen. That's not possible. <laughs> Unless you do the little. Yeah, yeah, I need like the little water and the yeah. stamp. I could do that. Oh, God. All right, so sophomore season, you were named all-conference and all-region. Um, again, you were first-team all-academic honor, so you can keep uh, playing that humble card on your academics. Um, started 16 matches, scored 17 goals, added five assists, uh, led Jones in goals, points, and shots, as well as serving as team captain again. You know, I can read stats all day, but plain and simple, freshman year, sophomore year, you're absolutely balling out. So your dream was to play SEC. At what point does Mississippi State reach out? Right. So my sophomore year of Jones, I tore my ACL um, a day before Mississippi State was supposed to come watch me. So they they had reached out to me. Coach Dolores and Coach Tory were helping me get that out because I knew it was my sophomore year and I knew it was like almost closer to the end of the season. And I needed to like, hey, I, I need to make, you know, a decision and I want my offers, what are my offers? And so she would, they would obviously send out the emails while I was in class. So they were a lot of help. And they were like, I got a call from Dolores and Dolores was like, um, you know, Mississippi State wants you. And I, I was like, so shocked. I was like, Mississippi State, like SEC. And she was like, yes, like you need to come to my office. You know, they want to talk to you. And so I went there and so we talked and they said that they were going to come to the PRCC game versus Jones which is like a rivalry game. Like I would say Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. And so we had to play Southwest because we had to play Southwest like a day before because it was like a reschedule because it rained the last time. So we were playing Southwest and nobody knew about Mississippi State offer except my mom, my dad, my sister, and the coaches. I never told anybody my business until it was in the newspaper and everybody saw or, you know, they posted it. And so I was on the field and it was second half. We were already winning like 6-0 and I went to try to score a goal and I was trying to score with my right foot when I should have scored with my left foot. And when I turned to shoot with my right foot, the girl took me out and I couldn't get up. And I'm, I'm always get up when I fall because my parents will yell at me. <laughs> and so I didn't get up. The girl came to me and she was like, are you okay? And as soon as that, I didn't know what to think. I knew my leg was completely broken. Um, I looked at it and it was normal. And I don't know if the pain was that my offer is off the line now because when I was supposed to stay to Mississippi State or that something's wrong with my knee. So that was very tragic. Um, and so I had to call them that night. You know, I'm on crutches. I can't play tomorrow. I can't even walk. My knee is completely swollen ASAP right away. Um, I don't know what to do. And so that's when they started contacting me like that, that. Daniel, let me ask you, man, as a coach, you know, how bad are you feeling if your star player gets hurt when you're up six nothing? I mean, selfishly or like, how are you feeling for them? I mean, it's, it's a terrible feeling like for them, but it, it, you know, it, it's also a selfish, like the team, you know, is going to be hit. That's a, that's a hit. Anytime your, your best player goes out, but I think what you have to do is just rest on your laurels that you are deep enough and you practice hard enough and you, you know, next man up and, you know, that person who did get hurt, hopefully they can come back and have some type of, you know, 
leadership effect while they're injured until they're able to get back on the field. Yeah, no doubt. So with that, Esmo, you know, I was looking into, you know, your Mississippi State career right off the jump, and I noticed that you didn't play until Vanderbilt and SEC tourney. Is this because of the setback of the ACL? Um, I got released, like, oh, that day, actually. I had I was released at the Vanderbilt, like, at the SEC tournament, so I played. Um, I would say so. It was obviously a setback, um, but it was also the timing because I – I tore it October, had surgery November. They wanted me in the spring, so I went in January. And so I was doing rehab here, obviously at home, right when I tore it. And then I would do rehab in Starkville, and then I would also have to drive. And so it was very complicated because I was doing like three times a week. And it gets tiring because your knee still looks the same. It still feels the same. It's already three months. Um, You go do your little test for your knee, and you don't get the results that you want. So you're just thinking to yourself, like, what do I do? What am I not doing? And so when Coach James had put me out on the field for Vanderbilt, I was I was honored. Like, it, it just felt like it wasn't real because I haven't been on a field playing, playing in that environment, especially since I was in the SEC, like, you know, tournament playing. It was very honored. I was very honored, and I, I had told him that multiple times and he told me that he didn't just put me out on the field just because he felt bad he said that he put me out on the field because I earned it that he's not going to give anybody anything as long as they you know earn it he will and so you know he was I was really blessed uh you know I saw the photos how hard is it to play in that big brace very hard I hate the brace I feel like nobody the surgeon should not tell people to wear the brace because First off, it's very heavy, no matter what type of brace you get. It limits you, obviously, because if it didn't, what's the point of wearing it? And then number three, it's just all around like, no, I don't like it. It's probably because you're all about swagger and that thing doesn't look good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe a little bit. So, you know, you played in five games, um, obviously only because it was a weird season. COVID, you had so many cancellations. I looked up and down your schedule, noticed how many games that y'all obviously had canceled. Um, And so, you know, you're coming back from injury. um, And then on top of that, you got games being canceled. So, you know, just from what you got from that season, um, did you learn a lot just, you know, being able to play in the SEC, getting what time you were able to get in? For sure, I learned. So it was obviously a big change because – I came in with my ACL torn. And so I was never used to that. I was used to playing every single game, being top player every single game. I was never on the sideline. And so when I went into Mississippi State, I was thinking to myself, what now? Like, what do I do? And I knew if I was doing glute bridges on the sideline, my team wouldn't know me because I was new. They were new. And so that's when I started supporting my team and helping them and screaming for them. And so that leadership role really came out of me that I thought I had, but I really didn't have. And so I learned a lot mentally there and also physically. So obviously playing with more athletic in the SEC, more tall people, more stronger people, more faster people just really um, set the tone for my athleticism, I would say, after SEC, um, because I would play every single day with them, you know, with the girls that compete out on the field. And it didn't matter if I competed on the field. I still competed with the girls every single day at practice, morning and night. I would lift with them. And so it was really a blessing. And I, re- I really do think that that it really changed the way I play. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously, you know, you're going to end up transitioning to Southern Miss. But before you do, um, you do earn your uh, degree at Mississippi State. Uh, what did you get it in? 
I got my undergrad in chemistry. All right. And so the reason why I ask is because, you know, when you're making a decision to transfer to Southern Miss, because I, I see that you're obviously going for your master's, are you picking Southern Miss strictly for soccer or does academics play any kind of role in it? Um, actually, I wasn't deciding on getting transfer portal. So I graduated and I still had years of eligibility left, but I didn't know that until my coach had called me and was like, hey, do you want to go on the portal? You know, they could pay for your master's. And I was like, what? Like, what is the transfer portal? And so that's when he told me. And when I had entered the portal, um, many schools had reached out. And Southern Miss was one of my top-notch schools because, number one, it's really close to home because I live in Petal, Mississippi right now. And number two, I know a lot of people that go to Southern. You know, we played soccer together in Jackson, Hattiesburg, Laurel, um, the county schools, you know, they just, they went there. And also I knew I was going to get a master regardless of wherever I go. And so I feel like it was a mixture of both. Gotcha. And so, you know, you talked about the SEC, you know, as a Golden Eagle, I mean, y'all have been playing nothing but SEC teams. Um, it's kind of gotten off to a rough start, but, you know, you just came off a tie with number nine Ole Miss in Oxford. Um, so even with the rough start, do you feel like um, yesterday, and that was just yesterday, yesterday's game it will be a turning point for you and Southern Miss and, you know, especially, you know, going into Ole Miss and playing them that well? I sure hope so as a turning point. We can't continue to lose that much. Um, we we knew what we're capable of and stuff, so I really don't know what was ha what, what happened, but the entire team, you know, it can't be just one individual that wants it. The entire team has to want it. And, you know, what I say to the team, it's like you cannot look at teams that, oh, my God, we're playing an SEC team. You, we're playing a top nine team. We're playing ACC. We're playing Big 12. We're playing – it doesn't even matter. South, Southern USA, like it doesn't matter. High school team. You have to look at them like they're a soccer player. They put their boots on the same way you put your boots on. They're human. They don't have a superpower that God gave them. You know, you're you're human. And so if you want to win that ball, you're going to win the ball. And so that's what I told the team yesterday. As soon as we got on the field, I pulled them in. and I said, the only way they can score is if that ball goes in the back of the net. So if you're next to the player and that ball is in a critical condition, get the ball, win the ball. And I said, we cannot, we cannot lose to this team. I said, they're top nine number team. They're really good. And so are we. And so we we just played our game. And I made sure to say that second half too, because we brought two SEC teams, zero, zero at halftime. And then at second half, they beat us like two, zero or three, one. And that cannot happen. Like you cannot just quit after halftime. And I told them again, I was like, don't go down. Like, like just hold your ground. And so I really think the entire team wanted it. And it was a team effort. And I'm, I feel like we did good, but we, we need to get some goals on the board. We can't just continue to tie, you know? Well, I have to believe that y'all have the ability to to be better, like you're saying, because, you know, I've been to over the last two seasons, I've been to quite a few games in Oxford. Um, I've watched them, you know, take out Memphis with ease, who was ranked in the top 25. I watched them last year against number five LSU, absolutely wrecked them. I mean, so, I mean, I've watched Ole Miss, you know, and especially in their house dominating. So for y'all to go in there and even though it was a tie um, to not allow them to score, uh, that's why I feel like it'll definitely be a turning point with y'all. So. Um, with that, you know, best of luck going into uh, playing Marshall next week. I see y'all got a stretch of games that actually isn't SEC. So, um, you know, I feel like the games that y'all have been playing probably have prepared y'all for that. But, you know, with that, I'm going to let you off uh, the soccer seat and I'm going to let Daniel play a game with you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Before we let you bounce, we play a game with all of our guests. And you're no different. You're going to play this game whether you like it or not. <laughs> all right. 
Um, it's called this or that. I give you two options. It's very simple. You just got to pick one option or the other. You can't say both, can't say neither. Just be decisive and, and pick whatever's on your mind. So with that, you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Would you rather go to the gym or go to a movie? Go to the gym. <laughs> what What is your favorite thing to do at the gym? Um, Cardio. I would say arms. I love working arms, but I also love working legs. So it's a cardio. Lot. Boo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not unpopular answer. I, I'm glad you changed it. But if if you're gonna do cardio, what do you? Please don't say you're you're on the elliptical. Just kind of just. Oh my, crazy. that's for old people. Okay. Just, just <laughs> oh man, sure. I just felt shots fired. Ouch! Baby. I just did that today. <laughs> well, if you do it, not old people, but I always see little. <laughs> We go really early, and so I always see like the little grannies on the elliptical. It's very cute. Yep. Listen, I got bad knees, Esmeralda. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll probably do the stair stepper, and then I'll go to the uh, the treadmill. Gotcha. What's better, Vegas or Costa Rica? Oh my! <laughs> mm, probably Vegas. Vegas. Hmm. The only reason I'll say that is because we always get a rental car and we'll go to Beverly Hills and there's a lot of stuff to do over there. And, and that's where you like, get shoes like that at. <laughs> where yeah. you get the Louis. So wait, you said Vegas, Vegas was your favorite because of Beverly Hills? <laughs> mm, probably Vegas because of their shoe store actually in Caesars Palace. Their shoe store goes crazy. Mm, pretty legit. Yeah. Would you rather watch a horror movie or a comedy? Comedy. What's what's your favorite movie all time? Mm, probably Justin Bieber, because I'm obsessed with Justin Bieber. All right. ne never mind. <laughs> Daniel, that wasn't even a question on the sheet. Why did you ask it, bro? I, I thought it was going to be something good. <laughs> all right. Would you rather ride a roller coaster or would you rather ride a water slide? Um, water slide. Yeah. That's legit. I like water slides. Would you rather go to a sporting event or a concert? Sporting event. What sporting event? If there was one sporting event that's on your bucket list that you got to go to, what are you going to? Uh, a soccer final. Soccer final, like a World Cup final, like a national championship final, like a World Cup. What what about music? Are you are you a music fan? I am. Besides Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, yeah she just told you that. So <laughs> Mistletoe is my favorite song though. What <laughs> when when you're in the car, what's what's the, what's on the, what's on the radio? What's on the playlist? What do you what are you Justin listening to? Bieber, are you not listening? <laughs> I mean, I'm more of like hip hop, I'm, but I, I do pop because of Justin, but I do hip hop like rap. So my favorite artist is Little Baby. Oh, Little Baby, you say it, baby. Little, little Baby. I love it. Little Little I, Baby. I, I love Little Baby. Yeah. 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 He's. All right. So, you you've had you've had an injury in your day. So would you rather have intense pain for an hour, or would you rather have just a dull aching pain that lasts all day long? Probably dull aching pain because when that nerve block went off, that was that was horrible. Yeah, that's that's some bad stuff. That's that's not fun. Huh? Yeah, that was that was painful. Would you rather be a hero or a villain? 
a hero. Who, who, who is your hero? My dad. I, I had a feeling that was coming. Not Justin <laughs> Bieber. No. He, he's a close, close second. All right. Would you rather have massive success on accident or modest success on purpose? And Randy, you could probably phrase this a little bit better. Well, go ahead. Answer, answer that part first. Then I'm going to, I'm going to follow it up. Um, modest, modest success on purpose and a lot of success by accident. Yeah. Probably a lot of success by accident. There you go. Never mind. I don't have. So the, the follow-up, everybody always says modest success on purpose. Right. And then I give them this scenario. If I was to tell you, I'm going to give you a hundred million dollars or you can earn $20 million. Which one are you going to take? And, then a, lo- and a lot of them still say they'll you earn. You said more. earn? Yeah. Okay, but now you're $80 million more poor because you didn't just take the $100 million. Oh, yeah, that's true. Just, yeah. See? And, no, and I, everybody answers, and I guess I did too until I heard it said like that. Like, pride gets in the way, right? You're like, I want to earn my money. But then For the sure. guy was like, okay, well, now I got $80 more million than you. I'm like, fuck that. Give me 100 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right, Esmeralda, that's that's it. You're off the hot seat. Anything before we let you get out of here? Anything you want to plug or promote? No, no, y'all did y'all did everything. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I had a feeling and that you know I, I'm always prepared when guests don't want to plug or promote themselves because this is your story. We got to put you out there. So everybody out there listen, if you want to look at Esmo's shoe game you want to see her soccer game or you just want to see what she's got going on in her regular everyday life go to instagram at esmeralda figueroa or you can follow her at southern miss soccer also this one's big all right we are winning on saturday no if ands buts about it at 6 p.m you're going into huntington west virginia and you're gonna beat the bumbling herd of marshall guaranteed you've heard it here first so if y'all want to check that out obviously if you can't make the trip over to marshall go to espn plus 6 p.m southern miss at marshall it's going to be a good one esmo thank you so much for joining us if there's anything we can do along the way reach out to us and we wish you nothing but the best and success for the rest of the year thanks for having me that's esmeralda figueroa everybody we are going to take a break plug our sponsors when we come back we got a lot of football to talk about base sports performance is an athlete and personal training facility located in hernando mississippi that specializes in athletic development through strength and conditioning speed and agility and movement-based training they offer individualized programs for adults as well as professional collegiate high school and youth athletes some of their program options include athlete performance training, small group personal training, return from injury programs, throwing and pitching development for baseball players. The best place to check them out is on Instagram at base underscore sports underscore performance. Website is basesportsperformance.com. Their email address is base period sports performance at gmail.com and phone number is 662-292-7761. I'm personally using them for a return from injury program, and we have had many in-off-the-bench guests who have used them for their pitching development. So check them out today. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Q is your guy. Quintavious Burdett, who was once a guest of in-off-the-bench and Ole Miss alumni who is with REMAX, is the guy who will help you get your home 
He is the guy who just helped me get my home. I just closed on my house a few weeks ago in the South Haven area, and Quintavious is the one who set the whole thing up. He is the man. He is one of the top, if not the top, realtor in the Mid-South area. You can get a hold of him at 662-292-7136 for all your real estate needs. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. A lot of football, but before we get to football, Randy, we had a big fight over the weekend. UFC 279, headlined by Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson. Obviously, Nate Diaz picks up a win. Um, I'll I'll talk to you. You you're more you know in tune with the fight game. Is was this a a fight that Nate Diaz was supposed to win, or was it just something like? just the name and he's kind of vibrant and colorful and so like he he has a big draw and people want to watch definitely is a big draw stockton's bad boy is always going to be a pay-per-view headliner but this was really the last fight of his contract in the ufc uh he's had a well-known uh dispute with dana white in the ufc um so i think what happened was they were throwing him out there as a sacrificial lamb um for shamav like how's my shamav was supposed to win this fight and he was supposed to just dominate nate diaz and send him out, you know, as a loser. But what happened was Shamav showed up on weigh-in day at 178.5. That's eight and a half pounds heavier than he's supposed to be. So all of a sudden now we got to do some scrambling. We got to rearrange some fights. And it was really an unprecedented situation. They're moving the co-main event. Now they're fighting uh, different fighters. And then you got Tony Ferguson coming up to fight Nate Diaz because he was at 170. Um, and, and I still think because really Nate Diaz was a minus 1200 underdog. He was a huge underdog. If he had fought Shamab fights, Tony Ferguson, all of a sudden it's a little bit more equal. So not only does the UFC not get what they want by Shamab making weight and, you know, turning my man, Nate Diaz into the human origami, all of a sudden now he goes out there and wins his last fight. So now he turns it into a Cinderella story and really it was a synopsis of his whole career. He went out on his own terms, his own way, talking shit every step of the way, wins the fight, and now he becomes the biggest free agent probably in MMA history. And I think as everybody's probably seen, if you follow MMA at all, you got, you know, those those bros over there calling him out. So he's going to get in the boxing ring and do a little something with the Jake Pauls of the world and probably get 10 times the money in one fight than he's made the last 15 years in the MMA. So, Nate Diaz, shout out to you, my guy. Never thought you were one of the best fighters in the UFC, but you did it your way, and a genuine badass. Got to respect it. So, is this, like, the the next big thing is all these MMA guys are going to start going, you know what, like, if they're not going to pay us for the draw that we can garner, we're just going to go box some people and and quadruple our, 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 our take? Well, I do, yeah, because I think what's happening is that Jake Paul is creating a cult-type following, and he's promising these huge purses, but I think that's going to lose its luster eventually. But I think, yeah, you could see these guys go into boxing. It's probably a lot easier on their bodies. I mean, the training's not as – I'm not going to say it's easier. It's just different. It's not as violent. So, yeah, I think the purses are bigger, and maybe we see boxing make a comeback, DB. Hey, I I mean, you throw some MMA – UFC guys in a boxing ring. We've already seen it. People will watch. It doesn't even matter if you think they'll win or not. It's just the 
the the sheer fact that I think part of it is is and it, Nate Diaz is a really good one is I feel like at any point he could just say fuck this and just start fighting. Absolutely. And and I I think that's kind of the draw for me is like I know that's not going to happen. It's going to like take away from his payday, but I I would definitely tune in because part of me would want to see that. Um Jim, speaking of fights, did did you see or read Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell got into a boxing match and I think Le'Veon Bell KO'd him or you know TKO'd him in like the fourth or fifth round. But is it intriguing to you to watch ex NFL players fight each other? Absolutely. Especially, you know, all the jawing they do on the field to see them actually get to do it off the field and throw down, um, especially, you know, um, some physical backs. You know, I'm down for that. So let me ask you this. Of all the NFL players, who do you think could actually get in there and like be like a legit badass? We're saying bo- we're saying boxing or like UFC. Boxing. It's just boxing or any because if it was ufc i would have just took aaron donald and said he would have swallowed somebody whole yeah active randy um i don't i don't know i'm sitting here watching this game in the background i know i wouldn't want to mess with dk metcalf i don't think no i don't think so either <laughs> um, i'm just trying to think of like well reach was... reach is always a big deal right so any of these you know bigger taller stronger uh you know maybe tight ends or receivers um you know, I, I think they would be less than ideal to fight. I'm not trying to fight a dude who's six five six. You know, like Tampa. I was watching Tampa. I was like, I don't think I'd want to get into one with Mike Evans. Nah, he he's probably kind of soft. Until you punch him in the mouth. I mean, I ain't going around punching nobody. But that, but we boxing. That's what I'm saying. He might be soft until you punch him in the mouth. I know yeah, but... he wouldn't. I know he wouldn't fight Lattimore. Randy know that. <laughs> do, do do you think? Oh, uh, you know what? CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, no. Miles My, Garrett versus Darnold. No, helmet, hey, this helmet, is helmet fight. This is the one, and you'll both agree. Anthony Miller against CJ Gardner Johnson because he punched him with the helmet on. I need to see him punch him with the helmet off and see if CJ can actually defend himself. Give me Memphis all day. Memphis, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis, Memphis. All right, guys, let's transition to football. We got a lot to talk about. Obviously, NCAA week two, NFL week one, but we'll start with the college game. Three top 10 teams take a take a L and Florida, uh, you know, almost a top 10 team takes an L as well. But, you know, Jim, I'll start with you. Of the three, Marshall over Notre Dame, App State over Texas A&M, BYU over Baylor, which one obviously, you know, which one was – more detrimental to one season i mean it's got to be app state over texas a&m and i get it 15 years ago they did it to michigan right but you know college station and the hype behind texas a&m this year um you know this was supposed to be the year and i mean obviously it's still a long season and they could um but this is supposed to be the year that maybe they could take over Alabama, right? And you let Appalachian State come in your house and beat you. Like, that's got to be the one. Because we know Notre Dame can tend to be fraudulent, right? And then, you know, Baylor, we didn't even know how good they really were. I think maybe all three of us even picked against them. 
Yeah. So Randy, I, I, I agree with what Jim's saying, but I feel like Texas A&M can always play their way into where they still want to go. I feel like Notre Dame is really like the week one loss. And now this loss, like you might as well, uh, that's, that's a dagger, right? No, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. Cause they don't have the schedule wins that Texas A&M will have the opportunity. I mean, to Jim's credit though, I mean, to his point is that Texas A&M for all the hype, the top six and all that, that's huge. But yeah, you're right. Notre Dame basically played themselves out of a playoff because no matter what you do now, you got two losses on the docket. You run the table. You're still on the it outside looking in until we go 12, until we go to 12. Maybe. Randy, how, how good does Brian Kelly look right now? I mean, he took he all probably, the heat last week with LSU, but Notre Dame goes 0-2 right out the gate when as soon as he leaves. That's true. But, you know, what's going to happen if Notre Dame, if LSU sitting at 1-2 and two after next week? I mean, <laughs> I, maybe it was just neither was very good. I don't know. Very true. Obviously, there's a couple more. Um, you know, Kentucky beats Florida. Jim, your boy, Will Levis, you know, does – to me, he looks – I don't know if this comparison is accurate or not, but I feel like he is basically Baker Mayfield. No, he's, I mean, he's a lot tougher than Baker Mayfield. Now, let me, let me just go ahead and say that Levis is not even close to the reason why they won this game. Um, you know, he didn't make any big mistakes or anything like that. Um, he had a solid stat line, but I mean, he didn't go out and like put any Heisman moments together. This game was one, um, in the trenches on both sides, but he's no, his toughness level is on a whole different level. I mean, um, I don't know how much y'all got to watch of that game. He got jacked up on multiple the whole game. Yeah. So Every Randy, game. you know what I'm talking about? He got jacked up on multiple occasions. As a matter of fact, he had got quoted. Um, they had him mic'd up before the game and he said Scarface was his favorite movie. Well, it ended up being a, a whole funny story because then there he was on the sideline with a scar on his face. Cause I mean, he got hammered. And it was clean. It was a, it was a legal hit. But Kentucky, that game was not about him. They were able to run the ball successfully. They Their offensive line was pushing right through Florida. And then on the flip side, their defensive line was getting pressured. You know, they say the game's won in the trenches, and Kentucky proved it because they did it on both sides. Yeah. I mean, here's the big thing. I mean, looking at, at the box score, when you don't score any points in the second half, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. They only uh, got one first down. Yeah, it it was oh. like a, a total regression from the first half to the second half, and Kentucky made all of the adjustments. And well, that's what happens in the week before any. you you crown you know was it Richardson's Florida's quarterback Randy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that they they yeah they claim him with all this stuff after beating Utah like he's the next coming of Cam a mixture. What is that? A mixture Cam of Newton and Tim Tebow. Yeah, and I mean when you start saying stuff like that, you gotta be careful. That's uh, that's overreaction. Uh, you know, first week. Yeah, when when you're wearing that Gator uniform, you start throwing your and name 15. in there with, with with Tebow. Come on now. Well, the problem yeah. to what you're saying, Jim, is that they crowned him. And if you really look back on the game against Utah, he didn't win the game with his arm. He won the game with his legs. And Kentucky was not going to let that happen. And I think that it, it's the blueprint for what everybody's going to do in the SEC because the speed – Utah's a great team, not taking anything away from But the speed in the SEC on that defensive line is a lot different. They're going to send blitzers from different packages, and they're not going to let him get 
to where he can go east and west to get north and south. They're going to punch him at the line. And I think what you saw was that Richardson has – he is what I thought he was. He's not a guy that is going to beat you with his arm yet. You look at his – he hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass in either game. So, I just – to me, I don't – I'm not a big Richardson believer, but – and that's you know, gotta Florida make and that's gotta make you feel good. You know, obviously we'll get there in a couple of weeks, but that's gotta make you feel good as a Tennessee guy, you know, seeing I never what you feel good from, about Florida. I know, but see, seeing that type of play and knowing what the game plan's gotta be, you feel like, you know, um, you should be able to if you force them to throw, you should feel like you have a good chance of winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. So Bama barely escapes Texas. Now, Randy, do you do you ever when you when you were watching that game, did you ever for a moment think Texas was actually going to win? No, I thought that if Alabama had the ball last, they would do what they did. They would make just enough plays. And I also saw Texas go into a don't lose the game, prevent defense. And the only thing prevent defenses does is prevent you from winning. But yeah. they did, but they did make the right call, and it should have been the right play. But big time players made big time plays in big time situations. And Bryce Young, oh, me and, me and the Randy, blitz texted, was great. Me and Randy texted each other real time. He absolutely, I thought he was sacked dead in the water, and his athleticism to get out of that play and then make a big play out of it that ended up getting them to win was huge. Yeah, it's um, you know, I don't know. I think I secretly wanted Alabama to to lose but then again like you know secret for me <laughs> but here's the thing but daniel, i i don't know if i i want it to be texas that's the problem yeah that's the problem but daniel let me let me ask you who who's better than any other coach in football at making adjustments who who's better yeah that's man the answer is nobody right no one yeah right so all these people are saying well maybe you know alabama isn't who we thought they were if you don't think that this ain't gonna be the hardest week of practice and they're gonna watch the most film and there's gonna be a justice made you're crazy yeah it's you know it, Ugly it is wins or wins yeah that's right nobody at the end of the season if there's a zero in the loss column they're not going to go back and go well they snuck out a one point win against texas no they're going to be like you know they got better as the season progressed. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. So not a, not a whole lot left to, to, to really, like, beat up on. I mean, Georgia takes care of business. Ohio State takes care of business. Michigan. Clemson. There's a coach to beat up on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess we'll go there because, you know, Scott Frost, I, I feel like his days were numbered anyways. You know, that week one onside kick, you know, debacle, that was not not a good look for him on top of the fact that he was already in a hot seat. And now, you know, this kind of cements, you know, they had to do something. Um, you know, Randy, you know, you, you're a contract guy. There's obviously a buyout that they got to give him to get rid of the get rid of him. But it's a lot who. Yeah. But who are they going to get? Who? Who wants well, to go there? Like, because in, in my opinion, Nebraska football ain't what it used to be. I think Tom Osborne struck lightning in a bottle when they were good. Yeah, I think you could say that. But, I mean, I do think that when you have the the booster, the money that they have, they, they do have the money to pay the buyout and to hire a new coach. I just think that you're probably going to have to go with the Luke Fickle or um, – what's the guy's name, Chadwell at Coastal Carolina, somebody like that, 
what where I think Nebraska goes wrong is that they try so hard to relive that magic. Like with Scott Frost, you bring back a player. Right now, their interim coach is a former player. I really think you're going to have to shake it up, and you're going to have to go with the new age of football. You're going to have to get into a spread. You're going to have to get some talent in there. And with them going into the Big Ten and the NIL, I don't know that you can't win there, but I agree with you. It's not Nebraska of the 80s and 90s. The big red machine and Tom Osborne walking through that door. Is there a big name out there that could be lured away from another school to a job like Nebraska? I think a guy like Luke Fickle for sure, because I think even though he did prove at Cincinnati that he can make it into the playoff, how how viable is that when, you know, but even if they're term. even if they're going to switch conferences, yeah, but they're going to go to a watered down Big Twelve. It's I, I think you're in a better position if you're at Nebraska as far as conference goes and as far as money and resources, and they're going to pay him more. Cincinnati's not paying Luke Fickle the bag. If they were True. to say I'm going to give you eleven million dollars to come here, who's not going to take that? Yeah, and then I think Randy's right because of the NIL. I mean, that's going to be so beneficial. Yeah, I mean I. I don't know where Scott Frost goes, and I, I mean, I, I don't even know if he is, Alabama is he. Yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> work under the tree and then work his way up. Who knows? But um, definitely, uh, uh, it's going to be a tough season for Nebraska. I think I don't foresee them being any better. I don't no. know how you lose a guy and then go. Well, at least we're better off. Um, I think it's going to be a transition period this year they're probably going to lose a lot of people a new coach is going to come in and and we'll see how it goes um but you know randy i want to get your take on on tennessee obviously um started slow picked up figured out you know a little bit about what pittsburgh was trying to do and ended up winning the game what is your take you know on that game obviously down three after one but then score 17 and kind of take control from there yeah and really if you look at that the first quarter the score 10-7 doesn't even tell the story because Pittsburgh completely dominated the first quarter and had you know Tennessee defense gets a play a, a tip pick in the end zone um, really what encouraged me the most obviously you're playing a top 20 team you're on the road a team that just beat you last year by one touchdown um, this showed to me the growth of the team they got down they didn't really panic stayed the course we're going to do our thing. The offense never really looked crispy, didn't look how I hoped they would look. But what was most encouraging was the defense. That defense really got after it from the second quarter on, um, and they had 26 quarterback hurries. Uh, people say, okay, well, you took you know took the quarterback out of the game, and then the backup was hobbled and all that, but that's all part of it, right? That quarterback came into that game healthy. The Tennessee player hurt him on a not, not a dirty play, hurt the backup on a not a dirty play, maybe a little dirty. But – the defense really did their part, and they to me, that's how they won the game. I know you look at the offensive stats, and Tennessee had 500 yards, and you had Hooker throwing for 325, but he made the plays when he had to make the plays. Future New Orleans Saints, Cedric Tillman, was absolute baller. I mean, he had nine catches, 164 yards, and a touchdown in overtime to seal it, and the defense won it at the end. They did just enough. It's a bend but don't break, but I really thought if you had to give the game ball to somebody, it's got to be the defense. It's not the offense last Saturday. So, Randy, obviously, knowing what's on deck for Tennessee, 
is this win how, how meaningful is a win against pittsburgh obviously they're they're a ranked team they were ranked higher than you you went into their home and beat them but like when you look at the slate of teams like this is just like a minor like game on the path of like they've got to really actually beat teams that are way better than them yeah i think that you're it won't be their biggest opportunity of the year but it was the biggest one to date this win signifies Josh Heupel's second top 20 road win in his second year. So to me, it's it's progress, right? You're going on the road and you're beating teams that maybe you should beat Pittsburgh. That's not really the point, but you're beating a team that's ranked higher. You were the favorite, but it's just a it's it's a process. And I think that's what LSU and Florida and all of them are going through now. It's a process. Everything's not going to happen day one. You know, this isn't Urban Meyer taking over Florida when the cupboard is fully stocked of talent. It wasn't. So I think what this proves is that Josh Heupel is, is the right guy for the job. And this kind of game where you gut it out and when you didn't play your best and still get a win sets you up for those games later on against the Georgia and Alabama and the Floridas. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be – it's definitely a, a step in the right direction. Obviously, they got some momentum going um, their way, but definitely the, the road only gets harder from here, and that's that's for any SEC team. Um. You know, when when I look at at the Memphis game this past weekend, Jim, I I don't know. I, I there's a couple of takeaways. There were, you know, some definitely some good things that I was like, all right, that was much improved from week one. Um, I still think there were, I think the defense was better. I think the quarterback was better. I think you know, receiving core was better. The 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 overall offense was better. I still am really leery at the run game because that's the one area where we got four different runners and we ran for 91 yards. So I'm not real sure. Obviously, there there was Asa Martin had a big run for a touchdown. Um, there were some some breakaway plays, but if you take Asa Martin's 50 yard run out of it, like you're only looking at four guys with 40 yards, and and you know you're very pass dominant. Jim, do you think Memphis can sustain winning games with that formula? Uh, absolutely not. No, they talked about it um, a lot today. And, you know, we know how good Seth Hennigan can be, but the last thing you want to do is put it all on his shoulders. You've got to be able to um, run the football. And so um, they've, they've got to figure it out. And I think they got the guys who can do it. They just they just got to figure it out. Um, I mean, still the second game, still early, but um, um, you know they need to figure it out sooner than later. But you definitely don't want to put the the game every you know every single game, the whole game on Seth Hennigan. But for what it's worth, for this game, um, he flourished. Yeah, uh, he was 20, 24 of thirty four through for four hundred fifteen yards. I mean, obviously he's getting a lot of receivers in the mix. You like um, seeing those weapons get in there because he talked about I, those on here. I do. You know, obviously, I'd like to see, you know, our 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 best receiver score some touchdowns. Um, but I think that's part of us as fan as Memphis fans. You've been so spoiled with big time playmakers. And not that Ivory is not a playmaker, but I think Joe Skates is a big time playmaker and can be. Um, but I think you're gonna look at some really good receivers and not any of them is like just head and shoulders like this dynamic guy. So I think you're going to see a lot of balance when it comes to spreading the ball out, which, you know, you know, that's kudos to Seth Hennigan for 
finding the open receiver and 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 throwing the ball around the field but um you know it's something that we as memphis fans have to get get used to you know what i thought was great was they they interviewed uh multiple uh receivers from memphis and they were talking about hennigan um and they even talked you know they referenced back to calvin austin's interview last year they talk about hennigan and how he he never gets too high or never gets too low he's very calm and poised at all times um you gotta love that about him yeah absolutely um you know i i'm i'm excited obviously i think you know we we hit on another good one um as far as a quarterback goes he does you know some very young you know things but he also spreads the ball out and he he's not a guy where i'm like oh shit it's a a a third and long and we gotta have this and he's throwing the ball like i'm not holding my breath on that like i'm pretty confident with him hey Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out uh you know y'all saw it i sent it to y'all i mean quindell quindell's mom says i want an interception for my birthday on saturday not 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 only did did he do it he, he picked it out of the air one-handed and unbelievable unbelievable um randy they they get a chance to bring arkansas state um to the liberty bowl obviously you home opener baby home opener it's a big deal but arkansas state is a team like and every year like it's to me, it's it's not as easy of a win as people think. I mean, and that line, that 14-point line, I don't know about it, man. They just, you know, came back from getting drubbed by Ohio State. So, but when you lose like that to teams and you make that that journey, like there's there's a lot of growth that happens. Is this a game where, you know, obviously we should win, but is this a game that is kind of questionable as well? Well, let me tell you why it's questionable, Daniel Ball. Please do. They got a champion of life over there, and he's building that program brick by brick. Oh, okay. Over there at Arkansas State. He's got that's, a cigar ready. He got a cigar ready. But, no, Memphis should absolutely dominate this game. Uh, the talent disparity alone, they should win. This isn't Hugh Freeze or Gus Malzahn coaching Arkansas State, and I don't think it should be close. All that being said, it – always is a close game with Arkansas State. So I think what you need to look for if you're Memphis, and somehow along the way, a lot of Memphis fans have kind of lost sight of this. This is your home opener. Didn't start the season up the way you wanted to. You go get a big win on the road against Navy. All you want to do Saturday is win the game. I don't care how you do it. Your goal this year is to get to the postseason. Get a bowl. Get your fans happy. This is a game you got to win. Randy, how many people are going to be in attendance? 22,000. So I'm giving them, I'm giving them 30. I'm going, I'm reaching. We haven't had 30,000 since SMU, Jim. So not going to happen. I'm reaching for it. I'm reaching for it. It ain't happening, player. I can tell you right now, season tickets are at a 10 year low. Mm. Mm -mm. Not where you want to be, Memphis fans. If you want to get your team into a power five conference, you got to show up for the Arkansas States. You can't just show up for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Tennessee, whoever it is, you show up for Arkansas State, you show up for Navy, you show up for whoever is there, you show up for the Memphis Tigers. Every damn one of them. <laughs> Every one of them. Because this weekend, I'm going to tell you right now, Tennessee's playing Akron. They're 48-point 50, favorite. I guarantee you there's going to be 80,000 people there. 
Yeah, you do like I mean that's what LSU did there. I mean they were packed when they started the Southern game, and then everybody well, they knew that was out. one of their only wins of the year, Jim. Well, my point was before you took a shot, I was to say they, you know, they they showed up, but they Show started fi- they started filing out by mid second quarter, but nonetheless they were there. Jimmy, let me ask you a question, Jim. Hmm. What the hell is up with y'all's fan just walking onto the field like it was his backyard? Well, I like it's not even about the fact that the fan did it. How he got that far casually <laughs> walking like that, chilling mid play, and like I mean, he was just I mean he had the best view in the house, and it took so long for them to get there, and then when they approached him. It made it clear, you know, he's on something because he was like, almost like, how dare you put your yeah. hands on me? I'm just bird watching here, guys. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you could dress like one of the coaches. and But, but he looked and, every and bit of like a college on the field. student. He looked every bit of like a college but, student. No, no coach about it. He I put mean, his there's... hands on his back like an old man. Like he was just like, <laughs> hmm, that is quite the form tackle there, sir. Oh, are you going to take me down? What? Yeah. But it's not, but you know, I was telling people who didn't see it, I was like, this wasn't a streaker. This guy just casually walked his ass out there and was just enjoying it. This is the new thing. The streaker is is gone forever. It's now, now it's the, the, the cat the casual walker. He wants to be caught. Please come catch me. I like uh I like we didn't talk about it, but uh when the fan came out at Starling Marte. And uh, as they were putting him on the ground, he actually like got in close and tried to watch the whole thing and was like enjoying it and taking it all in. <laughs> I thought the LSU players were going to go fight the dude. They were looking at him like crazy. That's a that's a recipe to get your ass. Well, so Jim, we we did talk about you know Kentucky and Florida. I'll give you a chance. You you, you obviously you, you don't want to talk too much about LSU. They won. They they won a game they were supposed to win against Southern. Um, but anything more that we need to talk about? Are we missing anything with Kentucky and Florida? No, Others, just, other than you and Will Levis are weirdos. No, I'm just honestly. I hope Tennessee takes care of business with Florida for, you know, obviously for Randy's sake, but obviously I don't like Florida. I want Tennessee and Kentucky to be the most meaningful game. Do you put Randy as a matter of fact, I don't have a schedule. Does Tennessee play Kentucky before they play Georgia? Mm, I don't have it in front of me, but no, they play. They play Kentucky as one of the last games of the year. I'm Dang, I was, sure. I was hoping that that could be an undefeated game with a lot, with a lot on the line. Let's see here. They play Kentucky then Georgia. We, well, yeah. Oh, but you got Bama. We won't there. be undefeated, my friend. Yeah, you got to see Bama there. Yeah, never mind. What do you mean? We're going to whoop their ass. <laughs> you see what Texas did to them? Wait till you play the real UT. Roll Tide. You go I mean, that look, look at this face. This face right That's here. John Lee, baby. Is the face of promise. The face of hope. Hey, for, for Randy's sake, I wouldn't mind seeing – Tennessee row the table. It wouldn't bother me one bit. Hey, long time suffering. We'll see. We got we'll a long see way to let's, go. Let's let's just have them line up against Akron this weekend. Let's take it one 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 brick by one hey, brick at a time. Speaking of running the table, let's run down through them picks, man. Yeah, all right. Now, lucky I put Vanderbilt on there. I'd have been clean swept this week. Man, let me tell you what it, it was. It was not. I mean, I don't know. It was okay, okay week, but how many did I miss, man? Let's get to the nitty gritty. Get to the nitty gritty. All right, Jim. When you combine, so I'll, I'll give you this week's total score. Jim, you got five right. Randy, you got four right, and I got five right. 
The total score right now is Jim is at 10. I am at nine. And Randy, you are at eight. Mm. We, we all pick up a point for Bama. Uh, we all picked up a point for Tennessee. Um, Jim picked up a point for Kentucky. We all picked up a point for USC. Jim and I picked up a point for BYU. And Randy and I picked up a point for Wake Forest. Jim, I don't know what you were doing. Pick I, was, I was trying to get another point on y'all, and I would have got it. Just trying. Just would have, but they got their ass whooped. <laughs> so where we're at, you know, just to recap, Jim at 10, I'm at 9, Randy at 8. It's, it's anybody's ball game. It's, it's still very, very early. So let's get, let's get to these picks. First game out the gate, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first, Jim. You are the, the the highest point getter. You're the big winner right now. FSU at Louisville. Who you got? Uh, give me FSU just because I want them to look better so the LSU loss doesn't look so bad. All right. Solid reasoning. Randy, who you got? I'm going to pick Florida State as well. Florida State. Mm. So this, they're at Louisville, right? On Thursday night. They, they are. Yeah. And I just don't really believe in Louisville right now. You know what's tough? Like, this is one of those games where I probably should pick Louisville and I could possibly gain that point back. But, like, I really like Mike Norvell and I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. So give me FSU. All right, Randy, I'll go to you. BYU in Oregon. BYU, BYU. at you. Oh, real quick. Not not no hesitation, no nothing. They showed me a lot against Baylor. And I, right. and I I don't think Oregon's bad. I think that that loss against Georgia doesn't say they're a bad team. I just I believe in BYU. If all right, so let me let me ask you this. If BYU beats Oregon, they beat Baylor, they beat Oregon, but Oregon had a a really bad loss, you know, to Georgia. Does that does that mean BYU is a, a contender or, or no? Or what are they? It means that they'll be there to play the contenders at the end. Nobody that comes out of the pack, well, they're not going to be contenders with, with the SEC or the Big Ten. But, I mean, if you look at their ranking, if they beat them, they'll obviously climb up, and that's Randy's point. You'll, you'll put yourself in a nice position to where you, you may be in the, in the top ten and in the discussion yeah. at the end. They're front-loaded, right? They're, they're, their schedule is front-loaded. You look down through it at Notre that, Dame. That Arkansas game. That Arkansas huge. game is a loss for them. But I'm saying, if you, it yeah. was, I, but for the sake of the argument, if they win and they, and they can creep around the top ten and then you can beat Arkansas for the sake of the argument, you yeah. can now put yourself in that conversation completely. I mean, and actually, go I want to take that back. It's not an automatic win for Arkansas because I've watched them play twice now. That defense has got major questions. And Arkansas is traveling there and in the land of the Mormons. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like, this is why they like, said that's, Arkansas that's had a, the hardest ranked schedule when the seat, when it came out. That's a game. That's a game day type game if BYU is undefeated. Which, hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Does anybody want to explain to me why Troy Appalachian State is game day? Why not? I think they should be. Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not uh, a lot of lot, not a lot to pick from. Yeah, I mean, we're we're picking the best of the best, and like, had Texas A and M won, it been they probably would have been there. So, like, they, you know, they had the opportunity and they lost. So that's on them. 
But yeah, and they did Penn State Auburn a couple years ago, so I guess you're right. I mean, they could always do LSU Mississippi State. Should. Well, I'm taking BYU. Jim, who are you taking? BYU. All right. Penn State and Auburn. Jim, who you got? Penn State. Penn State. Are they any good? The range. Is Auburn any good? (laughs) Auburn's not any good. No. Randy, who are you taking? Penn State. Oh, man. This is another one. Like, I feel like. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I'm going to go Penn State, and I'm just going to hold steady. Hold steady. We all keep picking the same team. I'm just going to hold this lead. I love it. We hey, are going to – we're going to pick this, different. This, this is going to be different. The next three are going to be different. So, with that, Randy, Miami, Texas, and now. You know, you you both spend a lot of time telling me how Miami is, is fraud you. So – Give me the Aggies, baby. Bounce back season. So how you figure we're going to pick different? Because if you actually think I'll pick Miami in anything, you're a twisted. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jim's taking Texas A&M, and I am going to take Texas A&M because I'm not a believer in Miami. Despite. And you got to figure Texas A&M is going to want to bounce back strong. Oh, they, they have to. Like, they can't afford, like – we talked about a dagger for Notre Dame losing two in a row. Um, I think if they go down there or if Miami comes in and a team beats them, were they at home? They were at home, right? They were at home, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Hey, I, and I got to ask, no. I, I ask who, whoever wants to answer it. They showed the first 50 games for Jimbo Fisher versus Kevin Sumlin, and Kevin Sumlin had a better record. Um, so what are your thoughts? Randy, was he unfairly treated? Uh, I, I think he was. Uh, not to mention, Kevin Sumlin's teams were fun to watch. Jimbo Fisher's – like, and you said this last year or when whenever they were in the top five and they beat Alabama, they're not fun. Like, it's not fun to watch. Even when they're winning, it's not fun. It's just kind of grinded out, which is fine. You win, whatever. But Kevin Sumlin to me, man, give me that dude all day long. I think he's a great coach. Where's he at, you know? Uh, is it Arizona? Arizona, maybe. Gotcha. Kevin Sumlin. He'll be in Nebraska. Exactly. (laughs) Wouldn't be the worst. Nope. Um, We all took Texas A&M. All right, Randy, LSU, Mississippi State. Who you got? Mississippi State. I'm going to take Mississippi State. I'm going to put Jim on the hot seat here. Who you got? He's talked himself into LSU winning this game. I saw it all. Yeah. (laughs) Louisiana State University. What a homer. Picked up a win. Yep. All right. Last last one for college. Michigan State and Washington. Jim, who you got? It's it's at Washington, Jim. I know. I'm still taking Michigan State. I see you trying to get me to go the opposite way you're picking. <laughs> I mean, this going east to west, man, it's tough. I, I might have picked Washington until you said that. It told me where you were going. Oh. I tell you what you have to do right here, Randy. Well, I, I, you got to go Cougs. It's still early. It's it's still early in the in the year. You don't have to do nothing. You just play it safe and stay stay within. If he picks up the LSU game, he's only one back. I mean, it's it's 
they're playing the Huskies. They're playing. They're not. They're not playing Washington State now. Wait, 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 wait. Is Chris Peterson still there at Washington? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, he's a, he's a duck over the fact that you just caught him on called him the Cougs, but it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know I don't know shit about no Washington. <laughs> so who you got? Hold on, I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to tell you who I got. I'm gotta look something up. Give me Washington. Oh god. Washington. So I'm taking Michigan State, but here's the thing, Randy. If Mississippi State and Washington win, you're 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 there. I'm in. You're in. You're 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 tied for first. This is a big this is a big day for you. Well, yeah, look, you know, my team's like tying, you know. You see I just for you just you you are now turning in, tuning in at seven thirty to ABC to watch this. You're now fully invested because this game's I gonna did, matter. I just for like you. that he took a shot at his own NFL team about tying right there <laughs> undercover. I caught it every bit of it. All We're right, get, and now next we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's a good segue into it. You know, and and we'll go right there. NFL Colts recap tie game. I mean, all right, so. Outside of the fact, all right, what's worse, the tie game or the fact that they played it, that they didn't beat the Texans? Uh, not beating the Texans is worse because the tie, because the Titans and the Jaguars both lost. You're still in first place, baby. Let's go. Randy, but what is it about opening day? Because I saw that. We are probably. awful. But see, here's the thing, Jim. We're bad opening day, and we're bad at, the, at week 17 or week 18 or whatever we call it now. I mean, thank God the NFL shines some mercy on us, and we don't play. Now we play at Jacksonville this week, and we don't have to end our season there. But <laughs> deep, to, to both of y'all, the, the Colts had 500 yards of offense. That's not a very common thing in the NFL, and they didn't win. Matt Ryan, everybody's, oh, that guy sucks. He's at 352 yards. I mean, the guy didn't make a lot of mistakes. JT ran for, I think it was 161, 160, something like yeah, that. Pittman was the big time receiver. Pittman was huge. We didn't, but we don't have a, a single tight end. Well, I don't think we even have tight ends on our team. We've got rid of all them. Um, our offensive line was a little shaky here and there. Defense started out like they were a little shaky. They kind of caught up at the, in the second half. Obviously, not having Shaquille Leonard was a huge, huge gap. I think the Colts will be fine. The kicker's got to make the kick when it all comes down to it. That's the probably difference. cutting him, probably cutting Rodrigo Blankenship. You think former. so? Yeah, I do think so. I do who, think so. Who Who's I, after him? Who's their kicker? I don't have a clue, but I just know that in the NFL, if you – this has been a problem for him outside of 40 yards. It's like it's like 50 or 45%, and that's just not going to keep you a job what, in the NFL. What killed me is did y'all by chance watch any of the, uh, the Chiefs-Arizona game? I did. All right, so with everything, and we're going to get into the other games, so I'm not going to spoil those before we get into them, but all these games with all these kickers, you know, not being able to get it done, and then my man goes out there on one leg, hobbles out there, and just drills a 54-yarder bucker like it wasn't nothing. I'm like, damn, this cat's out there kicking on one leg. These other dudes can't even hit chip shots to win games. Do you, Randy, do you think that – Rodrigo missing a kick on a day where a lot of kickers miss kicks. Is that a good thing for him? It kind of can get chalked up into, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's the first game, or is what you said, like, he's just not very good from a certain distance. That's 
Yeah, it's not a new problem for him. So I think if it was just a, a one-off thing and you looked at the day and they, all right, weird things happen, let's move on. The only reason they won't cut him is if, like you said, they don't have somebody, a viable backup. Um, the punter ended up tearing his ACL before the season started, so already kind of thin in that department. But, you know, kickers are kind of the afterthought in the NFL. You, you're only thought of when you don't make your kicks and you don't make extra points. And we saw a lot of that yesterday. But I, don't, I think with Blankenship, it's just been too long of a story. Gotcha. So, you know, as, as much as I don't want to talk about the Cowboys, I guess well, I do. I guess we have to. <laughs> um, Start with Micah Parsons, at least. Get, get it off good. So, Micah Parsons is probably going to be the best defensive player on the planet one day. He, he's just a beast. I, I, I'm, I'm saying that, be, you know, exaggerating there that he's one of many really good defensive players, but he by far is the best player on the field when he's out there. And, and there's no slight to anybody that the Bucks have out there. Um, there just ain't, ain't anybody doing what he's doing to the intensity and the speed and every play. Like he is the catalyst in the defense goes when he goes. Um, Diggs is out there, but really, to be honest, like he. I mean, he's he, the reason he gets, why the Bucks kept settling for field goals. Every time they got yeah. down in the red zone, Michael Parsons they, absolutely they pressure. Up. Yeah, pressure, and and that's something that oh oh Tom Brady is is like there are multiple screenshots of him like in the face of offensive linemen just berating them because of Michael Parsons just getting in the backfield and putting pressure or, I mean, heaven forbid, he, he touches him, you know, that's, you know, but, you know, inevitably we, we lose the game. Not only do we lose the game, we played crappy. The offense didn't have anything going. The run game was not that great. The pass game was not that great. Um, overall, we end up losing our quarterback now for the next six to eight weeks. So there was really no positive that I saw other than Michael Parsons last night. So Randy, I I'll let you speak. Cause I know you want to, you're going to bash the Cowboys. So I'd rather just, you know, get, get this over with and, and take my beating. You know, no, but rem I remember your team did tie. We didn't lose. So that's True. what I heard. So what I think we need to recap here, guys, is I was on this very show here in Off the Bench. This is the greatest podcast in, in history. But uh, I was laughed at when uh, I said Justin Herbert was a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And uh, I just want my flowers, guys. I just want my flowers. Hey, guys, it ain't happening today. Guys, in a week where it came down to kicks, Denver just make, missed the kick to win the game, and Russell Wilson lost in his homecoming to Seattle. Gino, Gino had a, a revenge game. Yeah, come on, Gino. Do you want to? Do you wear want to wear the star? Come on, <laughs> hey, y'all should have went after Jimmy G. I'm just saying. We can't. They're not gonna pay him. They're not even gonna pay him. They said after after the way Lance looked the first week, you got to consider well, I mean, Jimmy G. No matter what. Now, True. Daniel, I want you to look dead in this camera. I want you to look dead in this camera right now. You tell me that you would still take Dak Prescott over Justin Herbert. How many, how many, how many playoffs has Justin Herbert? Went I want in? you to answer the question on your I, team. I'm, I'm going to answer the question. I'm just, 
asking you questions that's going to get me to my answer. None. He's yeah. only been in the league three years. Okay, none. All right, so you take what Dak has been able to do when healthy, all right? Last year, believe it or not, pretty damn successful season. You know, prior to getting hurt, was having a fucking pretty successful fucking season. I think Dak Prescott's problem is he is unlucky when it comes to coaching. And I, I don't I think all all of us on here can agree to that. They have not had a good coach since he has been the quarterback of that team. Don't worry, true, Sean, Pat, Sean Payton will be there soon enough. Well, I mean, but at this point, it's like, all right, so this is my worry with with Dak. What are you gonna do with him if if you're out eight weeks? Are you gonna go pick up somebody? And if you pick up somebody, are you gonna pay big money for someone? Or are you going to pay and go get old Red from the Saints and ask him to come back and, and, and start for you? Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think he he's in a bad spot right now. Boy, he, hey, my ass clenched tight when Winston was looked like he's hurt for a second and they started showing Dalton warm up. Boy, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, what would you, what would you rather have? If you're if you no, but if you're an if you're a Cowboys fan, oh, well, then Cooper well, Rush, yeah. Would you would you rather have Cooper Rush or would you rather go out and and, and get somebody? I'd rather go out and get somebody. I mean, and when you're the Cowboys and the expectations, and you know Jerry doesn't want to have a off off year, he's gonna. I have a feeling that there there's no doubt that they're gonna do something. I'll say this: it's. It sucks that, you know, this happened now, and now it's like, am I even looking forward to watching these games? But the silver lining is the the game, the one game that uh, Cooper Rush started last season, he won against the Vikings. So he has it in him to win a game. Is he going to throw for four or 500 yards? Probably not. And that's what scares me because the running game isn't really that great right now. So they're going to have to do something and do something quick. But, uh, Jim, I want to jump over to the Saints. Michael Thomas, is he back? Or they just remembered he can actually catch and he's a pretty good receiver? Uh, he's back. And <clears throat> what a perfect time that I just got this message come across because, Daniel, you're going to laugh at it. Uh, you know how Jackson is in our fantasy football league. He just sent me a trade request. He offered me Michael Thomas for Austin Eckler. He tried. He tried. He tried. He tried to. He tried <laughs> to tug. He tried to tug at my heartstrings because Michael Thomas is back. I'm not that stupid. But yeah, no. The first three throws that Winston threw to Michael Thomas in the first half were actually behind him. Um, uh, James Winston it was a combination of him um, making bad throws and they couldn't protect him. In the second half, that was not the case. Um, he actually had some time, and he was able to uh, connect. Uh, Juice Landry had 113 yards receiving, I believe. Um, so, you know, Winston finally got a groove, and between those guys, um, and you didn't even feature Kamara. So if you if you keep those two guys going and you get Kamara in the mix, um, I'm a believer. I don't know why the Saints started off so slow. I told you guys in real time. I don't know what was going on with that defense, um, letting Cordero Patterson just run it down their throat. But nonetheless, 
Y'all said it earlier when we were talking about Alabama and Texas, uh, you know, win in advance, and that's all that matters. So, one and oh. Well, win in advance. That's the name of the game. And let's get to our picks. Let's see who's winning, who's advancing, and who is doing shitty. Before we do that, I had just want to let y'all know, as proof right here, I had the Seattle Seahawks on the money line tonight. $100 won me $335. Look at you. you. Look at you. Big time bets, Randy. Look, man, Randy, you need to keep betting. NFL is your thing. I mean, you 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 pretty much dominated us uh, this week. Randy, you got five, five right. What I miss? We can pick five. I mean, we pick. We picked six. There were six. You <sighs> you missed. Let's see. You picked. Can you take Brown. Carolina? Uh, yes. Oh, son of a bitch. And he had it till the end, till the end. And and you know who that kicker, uh, no, wait, that wasn't the game, was it? No, you, let's see. Who did you take? Which kick, which which team had picked them? No, you picked the Browns. Yeah, I thought I did. Okay. Which kicker, uh, did Cade York kick the game winning kick for the, uh, the rookie from LSU that was just made everything while he was there? Was that the Browns? I'm not sure. Might have been. Be honest with you, I don't know the kicker for either one of those teams. Some be real. But that dude with so money in college, you know, you talk about these guys when they get to pro, finding a good kicker. That guy showed in college that he's going to be able to make every kick in the NFL. Actually, I don't think Randy, I lost Randy, the game. You didn't. You didn't lose a game. You're right. You are right. We tried to hand you an L. We we got. <sighs> no, I I I think you might have picked. Panthers or something because I had written Panthers down and I crossed it out and I broke Browns. But yeah, it was K York, fifty-eight yards his first game that's in the a, NFL. That's a long one. So we like them long too. That's right, long, long and strong. So Randy, six for six. Jim, you got a measly uh, three. You got a three three spot, and I got a measly one spot. Ooh. What a what a what a shitty week for me, bro! You <laughs> <laughs> you went thought, one and five. I, th- I thought I was gonna be in last place, but he said three. <laughs> you go through one. I feel good now. Yep, I uh, I, I I won one. So Got yeah. a lot of time here, boys. Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 a long season. I'm I'm in the I'm in in it for the marathon, not the sprint. It's a slow slow burn here. Um. But let's look at this week's past games. So, Bills, Rams. Obviously, Jim, you did not get a point. You wanted to take the Rams and be silly. Um, that was the only game DB won, apparently. But but that, hold that on, was it? You said be silly. I mean, the since they started doing the defending champs hosting, um, they said it. There's like thirteen and three. Like, I mean. More times than not, they win. I was that's all I was basically going with because I told y'all I got the Bills in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm I'm joking. Like to pick the Rams over the Bills. If, if you're ever gonna pick the Bills to lose, there's a probably a handful of teams that you're gonna do it. Did, did you miss? Did you miss Stefan Diggs that whole game, Daniel? Yeah. Hmm. I'm. I'm. Don't worry. Don't you worry. I've been looking about how I can figure out how to get him back. <laughs> Jamar Chase and Stefan Diggs is it's the dream for Daniel. That's it. Don't worry. 
it, it's it's on my radar. Um, Bengals Steelers, obviously, Jim and I picked picked Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and they had the opportunity to win. And what a dub! Yeah, good good job, Mitch we, hey, and hey Steelers. We grew up on Ace Ventura. You know, laces laces were in, laces were out. Boy, hey, you know, maybe there's something to that because Evan McPherson's money. And I mean, them laces were in. Bad snaps, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it I just I can't wait to root for the Bengals against the Cowboys next week. That's <laughs> that's what fantasy does to us. Yeah, it's it's so great. My my life is gonna be great next weekend. Um Chargers, Raiders, I'm the only one that picked the Raiders. Um, Vikings Packers. I'm the only one that picked the Packers. N- note on the Raiders game, I sent y'all a message. I think that uh, Devontae Adams has now silenced anybody who thought that he was made uh, who he was by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he does have another great quarterback, though. But so, I mean, still coming out with like 158 yards receiving or something in his first he's, game with another quarterback. He's decent. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. He's all right. Who's, he's who's, a, better, who's a better quarterback? Derek Aaron Rodgers or, or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. No, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins. Derek Carr. What? Derek Carr. It's actually closer than I. I, I think so too. Uh, yeah, response. But pretty, I do. I do think Derek. Who's Carr the, all right? Since you're going to do that though, and use those two teams, is Devonte Adams better than Justin Jefferson? That's a tough one. No, no, it's not tough. Devonte Adams is better right now, but I don't think he will be for much longer. Justin Jefferson is top three, four. Didn't, maybe. didn't Justin Jefferson answer that question? And he He's, said himself, he was like, no, I'm like second best behind Devontae Adams. No, he said he was going to be rated as a top receiver in the NFL when the season was over. That was and Jamar, they asked Jamar Chase who was better than him and Jefferson, and Jamar said himself, which, I mean, you know, you can't. It's hard of course, to, that's, that's, but the that's thing, the, right the, answer. the difference between those two guys, Jamar and, and Justin Jefferson was Jamar was a five-star recruit. Um, Justin Jefferson was barely a two-star who um, wasn't supposed to be anything at LSU. So Jefferson's story is amazing. Absolutely. How about the fact that they trade away or lose Stefan Diggs and the very, very same season draft Justin Jefferson. You just don't see that happen very often. And like both of them like moved forward and like, yeah, excelled like the Vikings it works out both. Yeah. What, yeah. what if they just imagine a world where if they didn't get rid of Diggs and they still drafted Jefferson, my God, Justin Jefferson had 184 yards receiving guys. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all brought up Kirk Cousins. He would have a 6,000 yard season if he had Diggs and Jefferson. Jesus he would be Dante Culpepper when he had Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Yeah. The, so I think there was a there was a, a stat line where Justin Jefferson had more total yards than the entire I sent, I sent it to y'all. The graphics 184 yeah. to 103 at halftime. Unreal. Just finishing up our picks. I'm the only dummy that picked Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, which that's on me. That will never happen again. Um, <laughs> you know, and then obviously Jim and I picked the Cowboys. Randy, you picked the Bucks. You know, so there, there you go. Those, those are our, our solid or not so solid picks from last week. No but one's using our picks when they go do their parlays at the casino. This no, I'd, I'd use Randy's. Yeah, Randy's on, right on it. But 
we got this week's slate of games. Let's take a look at it. This first one is interesting. Chargers and Chiefs Thursday night. It's going to be a good – it's going to be a little banger. Usually Thursday night games are bust, man. They come out hard. Well, what's crazy is is now you get to see Pat Mahomes look really good, and now, Randy, you get to go first. You get to well, you get to, you get first. you get to put your boy that you've been talking so highly of in the same conversation with the guy who's you know up there, like the guy he's he could be chasing. He he's chasing. chasing him. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I've said that for the last two three years. He still is. I said it last year. Came on here and said it. He was underrated. Everybody called him overrated. Ridiculous. Best quarterback in the league. Period. But this week, but he's not going to be good enough. Is that, no, is that I, what you're saying? I'm not going to say that. He will absolutely be fine. But this is a game that I think that the Chargers and Justin Herbert need a little more. Give me the Chargers. Oh. oh. I know y'all are going to go the other way. Y'all got y'all got some ground to make up, guys. All right, Jim, who you got? Chiefs, Chargers. I, I'll, I'll tell you I'm, what. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm going I'm to make it, I'm gonna make it real easy. I'll go ahead and pick Chiefs. I, yeah. I don't care if I get blown out. I'm – I'm not gonna pick them. I'm not. I'm not picking against. I'm not picking against the Chiefs at home after what I saw this this first week, and I sure want to get a point on Randy. So let's go. Chiefs, it is. All right, Saints and Bucks. Jim's first. Jim, the Bucks are notorious for not playing the Saints very well, but the Saints are coming to Tampa. Um. Saints no, no, look a little no, little no, sketchy. This game Bucks, is in New Orleans, my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. I wrote that wrong. All right. Either way, in my opinion, I'll pick first. It's not going to matter. Give me the Bucks. Randy, you better school this guy about what happens in the regular season between these two. Look, your quarterback is who? James. Seamus. They, they, oh, if you want to go there, they beat the Bucks last year with Trevor Simeon. Take that for data. It's true. That, Better That's quarterback. True. I was at the game. All that to say this. Give me Tampa t- Tampa Toms. Dang, I'm gonna gain another point. Give me the Saints. What a dummy. All right. <laughs> they won the last five meetings in the regular season. None of that matters. It's all about the now. All right. Dolphins and Ravens. Dolphins. Uh, let me ask you guys. Did the Patriots just look crappy, or the Dolphins actually kind of okay? The Dolphins are a good team. The Patriots are also I, not a very good I, team. I thought so too. I mean, the only downside is is like Tua just does not throw the ball downfield. He can't. Like you got Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill. Like what? What? What more do you do you need? You know, but either way, I, I think the Dolphins are okay. I think they're all right. But how about Lamar Jackson, Jim? Like he looked good. You gotta, you gotta admit that. I right? got him as one of my fantasy quarterbacks. I have, I can't hate on him. Just, yeah, just gotta roll. Just gotta roll. You just gotta roll. I even got all Andrews. Right. I got Duvernay. I just gotta roll. So I, I'll, I'll let you go. Go first. Dolphins or Ravens? Who are you taking? I have no Dolphins fantasy players. I'm just gonna pick this on sheer fantasy. Give me the Ravens. Randy, who are you taking? The Ravens. Mm. 
man, I I really. Mm. Mm. Can we come back to this? One? Nope. Oh, no. Oh man, I just. All right, give me. You know what? Give me the Dolphins. Rolling the dice. See what happens. Bet you won't roll the dice on this next one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll pick first. Bengals. <laughs> uh, I put. Look, I didn't even have to put this one on here. I did just because I wanted to see if you would still pick your team. <laughs> I would. You know, I picked my team last week. When I thought they could win, you think I'm going to pick them this week when I don't think they can win at all? No way. That's just silly. Anybody, you guys want to want to pick Cowboys? Uh, no. I don't know. It's Kyle, I heard there's a rumor Colin Kaepernick walked to the door. You might win then. No. Not a chance. You didn't pick up a football in year. Give me the Bengals. All right. Clean sweep, Bengals. All right, Jim, Bears at Pack. Bears and the Packers. Who are you taking? You know what, man? My boy Mike Hughes. I'm, Ooh, I'm about to pick Packers. up another one. Oh man. <laughs> taking the Bears? No, I'm taking the Packers. I did that to best of Randy. <laughs> man. Hey, but that was a cool slip and slide they did after winning the game. It was cool. It was cool. That's what uh little league teams do. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, what's you who are you taking? Uh Packers in a bounce back game. Yeah, most of, hey, anybody who paid attention brought up the fact that the Saints beat the Packers that bad or way worse than that, actually, to start the season last year. And then um, the the Packers won 13 games or whatever. So, yeah, week one, you can always just sweep it off with Aaron Rodgers. Is Justin Fields a good quarterback? I think he will be. Is he good enough to strap it up with Aaron Rodgers and beat him? That's a different story. I don't think at this stage of his career, no. I'd take I'd take uh Justin Fields' weapons over Aaron Rodgers. I know that. True. If you switch those teams, the the Bears are probably a Super Bowl contender. If you switch the quarterbacks, yeah, the Bears got some nice weapons. That's what I'm saying. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has been done a real disservice, which I know you could care less about Daniel because you hate the guy. So. And that, my friends, is exactly what I needed to take me out of this funk of who I'm going to pick. <laughs> You're right. I hate Aaron Rodgers, and I wish ill will on every game that they play. Give me the Bears. Vikings and Eagles. Now, who would have known? I think this, this is sneaky good. I think Thursday night and Monday night are the two best games of the week. I think – I don't know, man. The Eagles are obviously the the best team. But I don't, I don't know. Like he, first, it sounded like he was having trouble saying best team in the East. I feel like he didn't finish the sentence. No, they <laughs> I mean they are the best team in the East, but like of these two teams, I feel like the Eagles are the best team. But the Vikings, like, they just got so – they just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson every fucking time, and he <laughs> just scores. 
Like, how do you how do you defend that? I know. I had Dalvin Cook. I didn't get nothing because Jefferson took all the points for himself. I, I'm taking the Vikings. Funk the Eagles. Go, Randy, so I know what I'm doing. Vikings. Damn. Uh... Do it. You won't. Where's it at? I think it's in Philly. I think it's in Philly. I wrote it down at Philly, but let's just verify. Yeah. Yeah. I need some points, man. Give me Philly. Double Monday night. Double Monday I didn't bring up the other game because no one should watch it. No one. Titans and Bills. (laughs) No one should tune into that one. Yeah. Cardinals and Raiders, that's that's going to be a good one, right? Ah, Cardinals didn't look very good, bro. Hopkins is not going to be there till week seven. They got, they got Marquise Brown. They good. They good. Yeah, but give me them Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. I don't we even just, believe it. I'm just picking it. We just made, We just made you pick that, basically. All right. Those are our picks. It's going to be a bounce back week for me. Appreciate you picking the wrong the wrong guys. Randy, how how confident are you in your picks this week? Confident enough to to put some money on it? Yep. Going go on down the tunica, put you a slip in. He lives in Tennessee. He don't got to go to tunica. Yeah, I just do it right here on my phone. I'm screwed because I live across state lines. Yeah, me too. I uh can't do shit. Florida's the most ass backwards state there is. Do a lot of things, but you can't go. You can walk into the casino and gamble, but you can't gamble on sports. Oh, sir. Well, no, no. Hopefully that changes soon. But guys, let's wrap it up. Last call, Jim. What do you got for us? You know, in a time when we're talking about football in the CFL, two-time guest Christian Salisbury. Man, cutting it up. He is almost kind of like a uh, Taysom Hill type. Um, He's obviously a lot faster, smaller, but he's doing the return game. He's doing running back. They got him at wide receiver. He's been all over the place. Little highlight clips uh, from this past week's uh, game. And so, man, shout out to our guy. He went from, you know, fan control football league, which we all admittedly said, you know, was, you know, we, we, we we tried to hype it up, but we all knew it was a joke. But now he's actually playing in the, you know, Canadian football league, which is respectable. And he's and he's doing his thing. Shout out to him, then. Go do your thing. Go live your dream. Go get paid to play. Randy, what you got? Uh, last Monday, we talked about the um, unfortunate incidents going around Memphis and and Liza Fletcher and you know being murdered, make just running, doing what she had the God given right to do. Um, it was a dark week for our city. You know, we all love Memphis. Uh, I'm gonna you know I'm ever forever choose nine on one guy. So I thought that uh, a lot of bad light shined on us. We had, you know, Tucker Carlson type people telling us about our city guy that's never fucking been here. By the way, fuck you here, there guy. But this week, I thought Jeff Calkins put it beautifully. Uh, he wrote an article. They finished the run, and I want to give her her credit. Danielle Hahnemann had an idea that they were going to finish Liza's run, and they said that, you know, when she first did it, she thought maybe we'll get 100 people. Well, DB, by the time that this event happened, um, on that next Friday after the murder, there were over a thousand people that showed up to finish the run. 
walkers, runners, joggers, pushing carts, whatever it was. A lot of them had signs. They had a candlelight vigil. They had a moment of silence. And what I thought was the best line of it all, it was that their quote was, we're just going to run in honor of Liza to show that Memphis women have the right to run at four in the morning or 12 at night. And I think that is perfectly done. And they took off running. And it was not only to finish a run, but they were off to begin to reclaim Memphis from the darkness of the past week. To me, this type of event, this type of show up from the community, that is. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it last week and, you know, I, I said the words, you know, Memphis needs to do better, be better because they are better. And, you know, they, they showed right there in that that show of support that that is the being are they are being better. So. Uh, shout out to all those involved in that. Um, you know, there were even people who couldn't make it that got groups together and were going to gyms and like doing stuff. And like, it, it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome to see. Um, you know, for me guys, uh, last call, we didn't talk baseball, but I guess, you know, I'll, I'll mention it. Pujols is a few away, few away from 700. Um, just real quick, Jim, does he get there? He gets there, and shout out to him for the couple actually tried to give him number six ninety seven back, and not only Straight did he class, yeah, not only did he let them keep it, but autographed two more balls to give back to them. I mean, my guy, uh, you know, they said the the running joke was because they're pirates fans and the pirates stink. Did they just become Cardinals fans at that moment? No, nope. that ball's that ball's getting auctioned off as quick. <laughs> just if you know anything about fans in philadelphia i guess pittsburgh's maybe a little better but um i mean that they're probably gonna sell that ball but but 21 games to get three i I mean give me those odds all day i mean that's every that's one every seven games and if the cardinals do what they're supposed to do they'll clinch the division and clinch a good seed and they can just play him and not have to worry about it and give him as many at bats as, as they and then, and then the the home runs it's not like it's just limited to regular season so then he has more than 21 games because you got postseason games yeah but i i don't I, I think i would prefer that burden no it's not a burden i guess because he, he's a guy that's going to get up there and put a good swing on on a baseball but like if i'm a fan like i want everyone clear of what of everything other than just solely going out there, like for, for winning a championship. I don't want that to be on anybody's mind. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to him. He's got, he's got 21 games to hit three. Um, That's one every seven games. And, you know, obviously there, there, it looks like they're going to have some postseason play and he'll get a chance to to do that. So um, it'll be awesome to see. Do you think anybody cares about 697 if, he hits 700 just no. the ball no no i don't i don't think so either i think that's that's why you said you got to auction it now right that's, that's absolutely because the, the value of that ball goes down the the more he hits so but hey guys another great episode want to thank esmeralda figueroa for joining us if you like hearing her story or you just like hearing us average joe's talk x's and o's please like and share the podcast on facebook retweet us on twitter Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. 
As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll be back next time. We got episode 13 coming at you. We're going to be talking all things LSU with their sports superfan, D'Angelo Sanchez. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.